The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. With our Bibles open today to 1 Timothy chapter number 1, we'll look today at the pattern of prayer for the local church as given by Paul to young Timothy. First, a word of prayer, and then we'll look to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. Father, it is in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that I come now, and I thank you for your goodness and I thank you for your grace, and I'm thankful for your good pleasure of thy will and of thy work in our hearts and our lives. Help us today to be a help to your people. Give the word of the Lord free course, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. I exhort, therefore, that, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. 
whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle. I speak the truth in Christ and lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. And so we see from the very outset of this passage that Paul has three men upon his heart. Number one, he has Timothy in his mind as he writes to the young pastor there in Ephesus. And he has two others upon his heart, Hymenaeus and Alexander. There is an exhortation given in chapter 2, verse 1, in light of two individuals who failed to hold a good conscience concerning the faith and made shipwreck of their lives. Therefore, Paul said, I exhort you to prayer. And so we find then in chapter 2, there is an order expected within the church. Our thought is the pattern of prayer today. But in establishing a pattern for prayer in the church, Paul lays down the place of prayer in the church. Verses 1 through 8, 1 Timothy chapter 2. He continues in the chapter. This is not our burden in this little series, but we must mention it. Verses 9 through 15, we find here the place of people in the church. Primarily, he is speaking of the women. He says in verse 9, in like manner also, that women adorn themselves in modest apparel, in like manner as the exhortation that was already given. And so he deals with the place of women in the church, and therefore it implies the place of men. The women are to be subject. They are to be silent. They are not to lead and teach and usurp authority in the church. This is the place of men in the church. And so we back up now, verses 1 through 8, the place of prayer for the Christian and in the church. Brother, sister, what place does prayer have in your life? What place does it have in our homes? Men, pastors, what place does it have in our churches? In verses 1 and 2, we see that prayer must be exercised in the church. In verses 3 through 8, we find that prayer must be emphasized in the church. So I would say to the preachers listening today, are you emphasizing prayer in the ministry of the church which God has placed you over? Or is prayer just on the back of the list? Is prayer just something that you will emphasize if there's time, or maybe you'll squeeze it in if there's room in the schedule, or there's an empty spot on the bulletin that gives you the order of the service? No, no, prayer is to have a priority in the church. And so we find, first of all, 
Prayer must be exercised in the church. Our prayers are concerned with people and things which are on the earth. Yet our prayers reach up to the throne of grace which is in heaven. Brethren, there is nothing in the world like prayer. Prayer can change things upon this earth, and prayer can give us the very perspective and power which resides in the throne of God in heaven. Oh, how we should pray, and pray fervently, and pray faithfully, and pray frequently. Remember how our Lord taught his disciples to pray as we looked in Luke 11 and found over in Matthew 6. He said in that example of prayer that they were to pray so as to see God's will done on earth and their prayers were to be concerned and so they were to say for God's glory, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So we are to have a prayerful life. Verses 1 and 2, Paul was qualified to instruct and exhort others to prayer. You read through the epistles. You look at his life in the book of the Acts, and you will find a man of prayer with not just a prayer life, but a life of prayer. He was a prayerful minister, engaged in ceaseless prayer for all saints. So in view of the exhortation, which we've already mentioned, we are to be a prayerful people. The congregations in our local churches should be engaged and focused on prayer. Why is this so? Because prayer sets the congregation in humility before God upon their faces. Prayer sets the congregation in worship before God with bowed heads and with bowed hearts. Prayer sets the congregation in anticipation before God with uplifted hands. Yes, Paul the preacher could not speak too much on prayer as he wrote to Timothy the young pastor. And so this exhortation comes in view of the previous example of Hymenaeus and Alexander, but he is exhorting Timothy to move the church toward prayer. But then the example, he said, I exhort therefore. So there is the example that we mentioned earlier. There were two men who lost hold of the faith when they put away a good conscience. They allowed sin in their lives. Their good conscience began to be pricked and hurt and wounded. And rather than yield to this and repent, they went on in the wrong direction and they made shipwreck of the faith. But then he gives us an explanation. We will mention it briefly and look at its exposition together the next time, the Lord willing. But the explanation, beginning with these words, that, first of all, 
This is prayer's priority. And then he mentions four different types of prayer, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. This is prayer's pattern. This is the burden of this message. And then he says, be made prayer's practice for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority. This is prayer's plan. And then I can say this from experience and from the Word of God, we can say when you look at all of this, prayer's priority, all the way down to prayer's plan, thinking of its pattern there in the middle, and you can see prayer's power. It is safe to say that there is evidence of the power of God in prayer. Prayer changes things according to God's will and God's power for God's glory. We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly it is written. God's word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmarkcooley at gmail.com. And finally, brethren, pray for us.